Welcome back, everyone. Tiffany Parra here, and this is another episode of Real Talk as part of the Work in Progress series. So to anyone who tuned into the Instagram Live that just happened, thank you very much. Really appreciate the support. I just went on Instagram Live with my friend Brandon Marquez, host of the Two Americans podcast um, and a financial consultant. And so we talked about uh, how much money you should save, basic finance principles for millennials, how to start investing for beginners, and why does money matter? So, you know, I think that for a lot of people in the age range of 18 to I'd say about 26, and honestly, people for their whole lives, uh, money can be a struggle or it can be a pain point. So, you know, this Real Talk series is all about highlighting topics that might not, you know, receive coverage um, otherwise. And so I know for me, um, you know, being a college student, I relied heavily on my parents growing up in terms of finances. I always had my own job so I could support those big purchases that I wanted, but I wouldn't say I was ever financially free to the point where I am now with my full-time job. And so that's really awesome, but that also brings in a new layer of, you know, income and what to do with that income and how to save effectively. Um, So I'll definitely, you know, give you guys a rundown of what Brandon had to say on that. He's definitely better and well-versed in finance than I am. And so I'm really excited for you guys to listen to that Instagram live. So yes, the Instagram lives are happening every Thursday. They have been happening every Thursday at 8 or 9 p.m. That's going to change now. I'm going to do them on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. I'm hoping that this will be easier for the East Coast listeners to tune in as well as, uh, yeah, it's just super late to be editing, honestly. Um, But real quick, um, you know, me and Brandon talk for about 40 minutes. You guys can totally listen to that after this. But I'm just going to give you a highlight of kind of, you know, some key info that I found really important uh, in that talk. And it's like, in this age of social media, right, you see a lot of people who are flexing. They're in their new Lamborghinis. They have, you know, Rolexes. Like everyone's, everyone wants to be that SoundCloud rapper with all the money and the chains and all this and that. But at the end of the day, like if that's not you, then you don't have to fit into that. I think the biggest misconception that people have on money is that money's going to allow them to become the person they want to be. It's going to allow them to um, put in this perception to the world of someone who has it together and that they're super successful. And I think in the age of social media, we've become especially as young people become more and more exposed to quote unquote successful young people who seem to have it all. They seem to have, you know, the private jet, um, the, the fashion designer clothing, all this fancy stuff. But I think what's really crucial in evaluating, you know, how much money you want to make and how much money you want to save and invest and where you want to spend your money is at the end of the day, like evaluating what really matters to you. Because for example, for me, like I just went to ComplexCon. It was a really cool experience and there was a lot of really cool brands there. Um, it was basically a convention just centered on fashion and, um, upscale clothing. And I mean, I only walked out of there with one thing that day because Although I was there and everyone was there with the mindset of a buying mindset, a mindset of spending money on clothes, which is the reason for the most part everyone was there, I wanted to bring the value of um, evaluating. Like, is this something I really want? Is it still worth, you know, the money I'm going to spend? So 
I ended up walking out with only a pop socket, which I love very much. It brings me a lot of joy to see it on my cell phone. And it's something that unlike a shirt, I'll see it every day. And I only spent $5 on that. And so for me, I was tempted to buy this t-shirt that was like $100. But then I realized I'm in the process of, you know, launching an e-commerce brand right now. And that $100 is $100 that I could be putting towards AdSense or $100 that I could be putting towards getting my logo created. So although I really wanted to spend $100 on a t-shirt, I had to evaluate the other costs and actually what aligned with me better. Yeah, I would have loved to wear that shirt and it would have been cool. And I really wanted to support that brand. But I personally think that building my own brand and creating my own vision is more important to me than spending that $100. So understand that no matter what, even if you see people flexing, money is a finite resource for everyone. It can be gained and it can be lost. So you really want to evaluate, is this something that I actually want? And is this something I actually need? All right, well, I'm going to let the beat drop and I will let you guys listen to the Instagram live with Brandon Marquez on how to be money smart. It's really not about old who are you and how old are you. It's really how much time have you spent on a given platform. My, I think my one piece of advice, especially for young people, is just like every day try and figure out how the world works. Compared to changing the future of somebody and doing it for the greater good. That is, in my opinion, the best idea I've ever come up with. I'll just cover tonight's agenda. So today we're going to be talking about um, how much money you should save, basic finance principles uh, for millennials, how to start investing for beginners, and why does money matter. So let's kick off with the first question. Actually, could you put in headphones because I can hear myself. It's kind of weird. It's kind of tripping me up. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, yeah. So how much money do you think people should have in their savings account? We're talking people that maybe just graduated college. Cause then, you know, then you have actually some more money than you would without college. Well, I, I always think like you gotta have, I think you have to have emergency, like if an emergency fund of anything, like I don't care if it's a thousand dollars, at least have something. Um, because like that's going to protect you from, life-changing events whether it's you know you know i don't know like something can happen you break your leg and you have to pay a bill or medication like there's so many different things that could happen to you mm-hmm. and running that risk of like having to borrow money it's not it's not a good thing to do so i always used to just kind of just make sure you not even have something like three to six months of expenses covered so like if anything happens to your job or if you're even if you're self-employed like sometimes you know your income could go down um stuff like that just making sure that you have enough for the next few months and over the next few months you kind of want to look at it like hey i understand like like stuff is going to happen to you it's just a matter of not if but when it might happen later in life. You might be one of those lucky people that never has an incident. I mean, people lose car keys. People lose everything. People, like, there's so many reasons of things that could go wrong. Um, so I always just suggest having that that there. And, you know, even if you're saving 10% of your income, it's only like 100 bucks or 50 bucks. That 
that's like twelve hundred years saving your tax, your tax refund. Very smart. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's definitely interesting. Um, yeah, I think like always having a savings is like super important. But I guess if you had to like quantify it for people, maybe like they get their first paycheck and everyone's going to make a little bit amount of like a difference in their paycheck. But if you got to say maybe percentage, cause then that's something that people can universally apply to or apply themselves for. What would you say would be like the ideal percentage for someone to, um, you know, save at least start that savings account. I would say about 10, 10 sounds is like, it's a good round number and it's usually doesn't cause any problems. And like, you know, there's two reasons why you're spending, you're either spending too much or you have an income problem, mm-hmm. um, which means you're either making minimum wage or you're, you're not, you know, like there's two ways to solve a problem. It's get more money or it's, or it's spend less. Those are your two options. There's no other option. So if you can stop the Starbucks stop this stop like stop eating out stuff like that or stop just do that once a month like kind of figure out a plan you can kind of solve that issue with that but you know or you could increase your income say you're making ten dollars an hour right now you could probably find something for 15 20 it's just about increasing that income or decreasing your spending so just try to figure that out but 10 percent usually where i say because it doesn't matter even if you're making ten dollars an hour you'd still save about a hundred bucks a month mm-hmm. then i always say your tax refund that's not that's that's your savings money like a hundred percent of that should go to your savings you should not spend a dime that's interesting. That's a good point. I think for a lot of people, as soon as they get the tax refund, they're like, oh, yes, this is a perfect opportunity for me to splurge on like that thing I wanted. So that's definitely an interesting perspective. And I know for you, you do like financial consulting with athletes. And I guess what are some things that you've seen with people on the opposite end of the spectrum where they maybe have a lot of money, but for a limited amount of time? Well, with, when you have a lot of money, you have a lot of options. That's really what the issue is. Mm. And you don't know what to kind of invest to. Like, well, athletes want to invest in restaurants, stuff that is very high risk. Mm. And you kind of got to minimize that with saying, oh, we're going to do stock market. We're going to do simple stuff like, you know, mutual funds and stuff like that, which is, it's honestly just very boring um, in that sense. But it's also just diversifying yourself and finding like a way of, putting things together and having them all kind of work together. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I guess you have to... um, So I guess what are some basic finance um, terms that you think everyone should be financially literate about? You know, just like basic things people should know. Like what is a a mutual fund? Maybe what is a bond? What are the difference between, you know, these different investment options and what should you like... Because I know, like, for example, like diversifying your portfolio is something that's like mentioned a lot. And I have an understanding of what that is. But let's talk about someone that like has never listened to any finance podcast, has like no experience in investing at all. What are some basic terms that you feel like everyone should know and define them too, please? I I feel like stocks, bonds are not really a thing. But it's just like learning the things that 
They're very simple stocks. That means you, you own a piece of a company, a private, uh, public company. Um, bonds are just government-owned bonds, which they pay you dividends on. It's just learning these simple steps. Um, it's very not. It's not. It's not as difficult as most people think it is. Um, you kind of just look at it and be like, oh, okay, so this is good. This is like there's risk to everything. Even a bond might be risky because the government might not pay out. Um, but it's a low risk because they usually will pay out. Um, but it's just about risk management at that point. Are you really, are you in a place to risk something that might go to zero? I mean, that's just my mentality. But like, you got to really think of it like that because, or in half. Like things just go up and down all the time. And nothing's going to be, like, we're such in a good time. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, I'm waiting for, like, the economy to kind of just not even crash, just, like, plummet. Um, Jeez. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also why this is an important, like, like Instagram or real talk to have because not a lot of people like to talk about money. Like it's definitely something that's kind of can be a sub a sensitive subject because you know, it's very uh, personal, right? Like you might make X, I might make Y and then you giving me financial advice. I'm like, Oh, well you have so much more money than me. So I think just like even getting down these basic principles, like save 10%, you know, understand the difference between a stock and a bond, like all these things like are applicable for anyone in any income stream so yeah i think it's super important that you're just like educating people on that um and in terms of the economy i mean i do listen to this podcast called group chat and they have been saying that there's like some indicators of the economy like starting to go down and i personally don't do enough research to really speak on it but i don't know it's definitely it's definitely been interesting because they mentioned a lot on that podcast and like the idea of like we've all had it super good like people even like you and me and you like our age like we basically when the economy of 2008 crashed like we were only like eight years old so we didn't even feel the effects of it so like it's gonna be so different now and i guess if you had any prediction of as to like where we'll be in the next five years like what would you say like what do you think it's gonna look like do you think that crash will happen within the next five years it, it depends because we're as a country especially in the u.s we're very like we bail ourselves out of every situation like mm-hmm. the last crash should have lasted five years like honestly it should have lasted that long but we kind of forced it to not last that as long so it, it it really just depends on how how it plays out in the next couple of years i feel like we're way overdue for one you know, a lot of people think that we're just going to keep climbing and climbing. But the fact is, at some point, we have to hit a correction where we start going downhill. It's just a fact. Like, if nothing goes up forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so I guess if you know, you're like probably like the reason I wanted you to talk about finance specifically is because I know you won't brag. So I guess I just have to brag for you. Like you, I, I can attest, like, you know what you're doing with your finances, you know, like, especially for a 21 year old, you probably have uh, either invested like the smartest that I know of, or like have the most impressive portfolios of finances that I've seen. So like, Hey, Alec, we're talking about money, so I'm sure you'll love this. <laughs> so, yeah, like, um, 
what when that crash happens who do you think will be most effective about it and what do you think people can do now to kind of prepare themselves if it does happen uh, of course have a savings just having money on the side for when stuff happens and then also having money on the side to invest in this crash because mm. the best time to build anything is in, in, literally in a crash mm. it, it might be counterintuitive like oh the market's too bad real estate's too bad but every person that i've ever you know built multi-billion dollar industries they built them over crashes yeah or close to crashes yeah that's actually true I, I i like saw a stat or i saw a post and it said that like uber airbnb like all these companies were built in like that 2008 era like all like the major tech companies now like yeah a lot of them were built like right around that like the time of the crash yeah, because it, it honestly, it's a real test for anybody that's building anything or trying to make something or trying to invest. And it's really a testament to like who's going to survive. Like the companies go out of business all the time. Toys R Us just went out of business. Who's next? Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat's next. Snapchat's like a place where it's like, it's still functioning. Like, it's still a good app, but, like, I don't see any super insane value out of it. All right, yeah, I, I understand that. I understand that. So so this this real talk, I just wanted to kind of, you know, just hit the points that were on the agenda and just, you know, just pick your brain on it. So um, if you had to give advice for beginners on how to invest, what are some things that you would tell them to do? It can be like apps. It can be, I know you said the 10% rule. You gave me a really good rule in terms of, I, I forget what it was, but you gave me like a specific number um, to like go by. I think it was like 30% for this, 30% to, for that. And then like opening like a backup savings account too, which I thought was really interesting. Like a absolutely don't touch it savings account which i'll be honest i didn't i haven't done that yet but once i get my income up i'll probably do that nobody nobody wants to do that because it, it forces you to like oh yeah i don't know it just makes it very hard but you're st- i think that putting like putting having ha- having it not have access to it it just creates this kind of security in your mind like oh i'm actually forcing i have to go to the bank i have to do it. you have to do physical things instead of just like do 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 mm-hmm. all right i just sent money to my account mm-hmm. so you kind of gotta look at it in that aspect where like the the money it rolls to you and rolls away from you so you're kind of just trying to figure it out in that aspect where like money's gonna come and go but like in, in those instances where you have that money in that account separate from wherever you're kind of looking at it's still good to have like multiple accounts for everything and also you know there's limits on like how much if like that bank goes bankrupt there's a limited amount of money that they can like secure you know that's why um they have multiple accounts so it's just a suggestion like when you have those multiple accounts just have them have them spread out all right. You need multiple streams. So. All right. So, so what are what are going to be the multiple streams? Like, okay, so you have your money, right? You're gonna you're gonna first invest ten percent, which I'll just keep saying that because or not invest, save ten percent. How much do you think should go towards investment? How much should go towards that emergency bank 
like that emergency savings that you're not going to touch as well as your like savings like i guess like what are some you know what would you advise people and like also like would you first like right now would you invest in stocks would you invest in bonds like what what would be your strategy if you had maybe two thousand dollars to start with well i would like if you're starting off with ten thousand i would say say five the other half like if you really want to play with the stock market just learn the game there's there's a lot of paper money which is basically you just learn how to trade and then of course there's so many good people out there is there's Ricky, there's QBanks, there's all these other people that are really smart in that aspect, like they understand the game. Um, there's this guy, Frost, a really good guy that, like, you know, you just got to find people that know, understand the market really well. I'm not really, like, a, I'm not at that level where I understand it as much as them. I do can point out things. I can, you know, I can teach someone the basics, but once you get to a certain point where you learn the basics, now you just got to learn a lot of terminology really and that kind of just separates who's good and who's kind of not good at it yeah definitely okay so again so you would save 10 (laughs) percent. how much would you invest would you go stocks or bonds or mutual funds what are you thinking if i was just you know like if you're just starting off of course 10 percent and 10 percent would be good just like passive just put that in like uh say uh, just like acorns or something like that there's stash there's um if you actually want to trade stocks uh robin hits pretty good um especially when you start off um it's really easy to transfer and do all the things that you need to do to do that but most of the time you just want to kind of stay in that range of 10 to 20 percent on whatever you're doing even more it just depends on your income like that a lot of people have income problems where they're not making enough or they're trading time for dollars and when you trade time for dollars it's or if your salary salary is a little different but time for dollars like you have a set amount of this you have a set amount of that like it's really difficult to figure out like okay at least you know what your income's going to be a lot of a lot of times when you have you start getting passive income you don't know what your income's going to be so it might be you know you might get a thousand two thousand dollars in passive income the next month you might get 1000 or maybe it might double like it for that it's very difficult to figure out but once you're comfortable with that number you can go ahead and just go with it so all right so to in order to make more money what would you say and would you give anyone a piece of advice like who maybe wants to get maybe they're making 15 dollars an hour and they want to get bumped up to 20 dollars an hour like what do you think in this current economy and maybe from what you've seen like what do you think are some either exciting industries or skills that you think people are gonna need to have in the future that could help them um with that income gap that they might be experiencing right now well um figuring out a high income skill something that brings in lots of dollars um you know whether that's programming you know designing something that you can do um, either on the side with your main job because a lot of people don't they do their job they go home they go to sleep they, they watch your TV they do all the things that they do and when you could be working on something or making money on the side um, and if that's your like like you're like I want to do this to make money on the side 
go for it. Photography, it doesn't matter. Like, there's so many high-income skills, copywriting. Um, that, like, you just got to look up some, some of them and see which ones you like. Try them because you don't know until you try. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know if you will like writing ads or learning learning how to market, stuff like that, until you try it. Um, like, for me, I would I know I don't I know I don't like that stuff, but you know I know a lot of people do enjoy like you know spreading the word, doing all that stuff. So I kind of find it pretty interesting to me, just that how they do that. Um, but yeah, you got to find just your niche of what you want to kind of do in order to earn that higher income. And taking risks, especially when you're when you're younger, I just feel like taking more risks. Even though you might fail, it's just so much it's so much better just to take the risk now, and then you know a year or two from now you can, like you can always get a job. It's not it's not that hard. Um, and, and you know, of course, you can learn more skills of how to get a job from Tiffany. But like you can like that's just really what it is. It's about learning that skill and applying it and finding a way to produce an income from it and it's the hard part is producing the income because you're like I have the skill but nobody wants to you know hire me XYZ well you know DM like five people say I'll do a project for very little or I'll do a project for free and just like build up that rapport mm-hmm. um, I mean that's what you kind of have to do when you start off you're not gonna you're not gonna be making hundreds of thousands everyone starts off at zero Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting point. Not enough people try things. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And uh, I know for you, you, you've tried a lot of things, you know. I know you do, like, coding and then all, like, the whole investing stuff. So it's pretty cool because I know at least it's interesting because, like, for you, it seems like you have a lot of uh, high income skills. And so I guess my follow-up to that question would be, do you believe that every passion can be monetized or do you believe people need or should at times separate their passion um with and in conjunction build in an income generating skill so for example let's say you know you're really like right brain person you like creativity you like writing and actually you can monetize copywriting so um maybe like something like I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something that would be hard to monetize. Candle making. Maybe candles don't make that much money, right? Like you want to make candles for a living. But like really the margins on candles are not that great. Like do you think that person should fully invest their time in trying to start a candle business? Or should they maybe try doing some web design um, and then try and build that income? Because I think that that's something that a lot of people have, right? Their passions might not align with making money. Like podcasting, people ask all the time like, oh... Like, oh, are you making money? Like, you don't make money at, like, I feel like until, like, you know, you're either, like, starting off with a very specific niche podcast that you can monetize based on your uh, specific audience. But I feel like for the most part, uh, that's why I thought it was really interesting how you monetize through affiliate marketing because that was really unique. Um, And it doesn't allow for, you know, sponsors to, uh, I guess, like, have a voice within your own podcast. And so... Yeah, my question is, do you feel like people should sometimes separate money and passion, or do you feel like those two things can always be intersected? Mm, yeah, like, some, you just, you're going to have to, you're going to be passionate about it, no matter what it is. 
um, because then you if you if you hate web designing, don't do it. Like you're not even though you might be making money from it, it's still not it's not worth the sacrifice of like hating two three hours of what you're doing or four hours on the side. Um, start that passion. Make it work with like that that monetization. Like you put them together. Like Matt, you're gonna want to do it all the time. Like it's just not it's just what you want to do. It's not it's not it's not a question of if you're gonna do it. It's like you got to do it like that. Mm-hmm. You got to put those passions together. And when you put them together, it just really kind of brings out the best um, in terms of like this is this is what you want. Like everybody wants that. No, everyone wants to put it together. Um, if you don't, then yeah, okay, maybe it's a hobby. A lot of people have hobbies, but yeah, you can put them together. That doesn't. I don't care what it is. Candle making. If you can sell a thousand candles, look at the like. I bet there's someone out there that's selling thousands of candles right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, and find them, DM them, ask them questions, email them, like hey, figure out what's going on in the candle industry because some people are making candles. People buy candles all the time. Like, you know, if you're just starting your own thing. You know, and you're selling 10, 15, 20 candles, you know, a week or a month or whatever. Just, it's all about volume at that point. It's just like, how many candles are you wanting to make? Um, and like, how much are you going to put them for? Are they nice candles? Like, I've seen some candles that go for 40 bucks. Like, you, you can make anything into, you can monetize anything pretty much. So, don't worry about it. Make a, make YouTube videos about like the, like you could do anything up with it. Just, you got to kind of like blend it in with something that you won't make money at the beginning. It's just a fact mm-hmm. because a lot of people start off at zero and then it goes at one, then it goes to two, then it goes to three. It just keeps compounding. So you kind of got to feel, fill it out and say, Hey, yeah, I might not make money from this, but I'll eventually will. Yeah, I think another good point to that is, like, a lot of the people that, like, I think a lot of people that do end up monetizing and, like, maybe a reason that they end up monetizing later on is because, like, some of the peers that they started with, like, they're getting better, right? Like, they're getting, they're, like, perfecting their craft over time, whereas, like, people who might be frustrated that they're not monetized monetizing might give up after one year and I think that's huge because I mean even myself like I get pretty distracted like you you know me pretty well like I I do a lot of different things and you do a lot of different things too like we're both kind of crazy in that sense um but like that being said I think that you know actually like picking one thing so like for me like the podcast is something I know like long term no matter what I do like I want to continue having a podcast so that really helps in terms of monetizing because I can get better and better at podcasting whereas like maybe you know someone who's just starting their podcast now gives up after a year it's just like Joe Rogan right like he's I don't even know what episode he's on like I, I knew you're a fan of him but he's like what what episode is he on like now no, 15,000 subscribers. Wait, his episode? He's at 15,000? He's done 15,000. That can't be right. I don't know. It, there's like so many episodes and he has, like he has shows in his shows. So there's like, there's just an MMA show and then there's like his actual show. Like it's crazy how many episodes he has, but he's been doing it for a decade. So you're talking about someone who's like the, the first person to ever do it. 
Yeah, that's true. But but that's a good point, right? Like Joe Rogan started. He, people were probably like, what are you doing? Like, this is weird. The radio's dead. And now he's killing the game and he's hanging out with Elon Musk. So it just goes to show you in that time, I'm sure that there were other Joe, like people like Joe Rogan that, you know, started a podcast at very early like he did, but they probably just might have honestly gotten discouraged along the way and then given up and then not gotten that Elon Musk interview. All right, so let's um, go into the last question. So why does money matter and why is it important to be financially literate to some degree at this age? Because it's, the, it's, it's one of the greatest tools ever you'll ever have because money solves like it doesn't solve everything it's not going to bring you happiness and stuff like that but it solves a lot of problems like building a business well you need money to build a business so how are you going to make that money are you going to have people donate to you are you going to have are you going to make your own income and then do something on the side and scale it up like money is a real important in terms of using it for other things like um you could just use it to go on vacation i don't, I don't care like it just it, it depends on who you are as a person do you want to use that money for vacation or do you want to use that money to build a business or do you want to like it's such a great tool that it has so many uses like it can be used for fun it could be used for anything pretty much so it's like you got to decide what it's going to be used for I think the, the smartest thing you could do is just invest into something. Whether you're investing in real estate or... Like, there's such a million different things you can do with money. I think that's why it matters. And it matters in the sense of, like, it doesn't... It, it is a tool. It's what you're going to use to scale up, to invest, to change... Like, it's going to change your life. Like, once you see that it kind of moves you in terms of like understanding that money is a, the greatest tool ever invented because it created a system where we can trip buy goods and services. Like, you know, like you can buy any good and service, you know, if you want, if you want to go on Amazon and type in what, whatever word a hat, you can buy a hat, you can buy like anything. Like it's crazy how many things there are out there that you can purchase. So it just creates that. It's a great tool to get things to you. It's a great thing to get services to you. To it's just it's just how it works. The whole everybody uses this. I mean, like you know, it's not bartering, but we're we're investing. Or it's like so. It's just such a useful tool, and it's what our economy runs on. It's how you live. It's how you survive. Like. Yeah, but okay, so I, I just want to real quick, but like specifically, like why does it matter for people? Like the thing is, I understand what you're saying and I believe I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you say. Like money is in its essence is like a very powerful thing. And I do agree like that is what it is. It, it is a tool. But I think that people our age specifically, you know, 18 to I'll, I'll give the range 18 to 26. I think by the time you turn 27, you probably start to understand money more. I don't think the majority of our generation understands what to do with their money. And then you have people on Instagram that are like flexing this, rappers showing off their rollies. People get really into this stuff and then they want to spend money on things they can't afford. So like, why do you think people our age more than ever need to be financially literate? I guess I'll just say myself, like you can't, 
I feel like in order to understand how to use your money properly, you have to evaluate what you really care about. And so that has to align accordingly. I don't care about having a nice watch. I'm never going to buy a Rolex for myself. Like what? I don't care about that. Like I want to, I want to buy my dad something nice one day. I'll buy him a Rolex. Like I just went to complex con and I literally bought a pop socket all weekend. I was surrounded by like the freshest clothes like of 2018. And I literally bought a pop socket because I knew that if I spent a hundred dollars on a t-shirt, that was a hundred dollars. I wasn't going to spend on the brand, the e-commerce brand I'm building. So it's like, you got to understand that for yourself. And I feel like that's, a big thing that a lot of people our age aren't doing because they're trying to fit a mold and they think money is going to make them the person that they want to be. Yeah, I understand. But it's because we live in such a materialistic kind of thing um, and also like everyone wants to be the cool kid. Yeah, cool car, cool this, cool that. Uh, and then I would love to see those people's bank accounts. I would love mm-hmm. to see those people's tax returns. Good luck with that. Like in the way they're running their lives, they're going to end up in debt, you know, like a great example is probably Johnny Depp, hundreds of millions of dollars, and he is broke, and he's just borrowing money just to pay for his four or five houses. He has things he doesn't need that he doesn't use. He just pays it because he's like, I can do this, but and he's, you know, he's doing movies again, obviously, because he needs, he wants to keep that lifestyle, but he's just keeping up appearances. Like, what's the point of keeping up with appearance if it's if it's it's just fake? It's not real. It's not how you actually operate. You know, I think it's so much better just to live less than what you make. You know, like if you don't make that much, don't 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 be trying to spend all your money on those things that honestly are, you're just trying to. It's you care about what other people think more than what you care about what you think about yourself which is insane you want to think like you're the best you you want to think you're a good person by showing people that you have money that's not going to work it's just not going to work out the math doesn't work out so you know if you're if you you know you're making about like five thousand dollars a month and you're spending six oh yeah and even though you know and a lot of people just don't see that like these people aren't real. Like these are highlights. These are moments. These are like, is this really how they act? Is this their emotions? Like none of this is. It's not. It's not as real as you think. Um, yeah, there was like, there was like that Vice. There was like that Vice news thing. Um, the Vice. Um, I don't know. It was like a YouTube mini documentary. It was like twelve minutes long, but it was literally about the like, um, the the Miami like rental high-end rental cars or whatever where there's literally businesses like they're illegal businesses where people basically like buy these like Ferraris and Lamborghinis and like rent them out but they don't have like the insurance cover and they're not actual real businesses and to basically give them to people who want to just go to Miami for the weekend and flex on everyone so like that's like a perfect example of like it's an industry that's built like solely on appearances and i think that more and more with social media these businesses and these business types are going to be popping up like more and more to the point like where you'll have people who can just flex on a dime like they can you know like i could just go buy a fake rolex right now or something like that but i don't know it's just an interesting concept because i think that 
people money is something that people always want more of and it's always like a struggle of like oh how can i get more but then once you have it more maybe uh i think it's important to evaluate like what are you doing with your money and does that align with what you're really trying to do long term cuz you could buy something for the short term but then everything loses value cars for the most part lose value um yeah and everything nice basically loses value even nice clothes like after you wear them they're not as new anymore especially when they come out with a new one like a lot of things that are new end up being like oh yeah you got that new iphone but like did you really need that new iphone like i feel a lot of people upgrade technology way too often um and they don't have the money to do it like if you're paying for a phone especially if you're you're, you bought a phone and you're paying it monthly then you decide one year in that you're going to get an upgrade that makes no sense to me in terms of like, you know, you're losing more money than the phone is actually worth. Like it's designed that way. Mm-hmm. So don't, it's just not, it's not very smart to think in that mentality of like, you're, you're going to constantly be like keeping up with people, mm-hmm. like keeping up appearances. A lot of people have BMW and they know that they can't afford it but yet they are still paying it and they, they don't understand that like that's going to crush them at some point like yeah yeah you like the more the more pressure you put on yourself especially with paying things it's just going to create more of a like a panic when stuff hits the fan and it will hit the fan it's not a question of if it's when it hits the fan and when that happens a lot of people are going to be you know sad very sad and depressed because now they have no money when they were showing things that weren't real to them you know to them and other people like like other people know that like you'll be exposed as like a fraud like that's the worst thing you could do just being exposed like that that you know you don't have that money Yes, yes, and I agree, Jessica. Invest and diversify in addition to saving. I personally don't really invest. I use Acorns, which uh, Brandon showed me, and I use this app called Empower. So those are two things that if anyone gets to this point in the live stream, should download because they were super beneficial to me, and I can give you my codes. DM me, and I'll give you the codes so that you can get um, cool stuff for both of those apps. But Thank you very much for coming on this live, Brandon, to kind of close it out. People should save 10% of their income, put it in a savings account. People should create a second savings account where you actually don't touch it at all. Um, And people should um, do research and investing and also save your money. And that way, when the economy crashes, which we're both, I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen. But we both talked about how you know, it's only a matter of time. You can swoop up and buy all the stocks for super cheap or and you can buy that real estate because everything goes up and down. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I also heard that in that podcast, the reason that a lot of people, um, oh yeah, and take advantage of your 401k and 401b. That's a good point. I, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you, employee if your employee use those things, those things are such an, a good asset, especially if they match you. Um, and give you a percentage if you put it in a certain percentage. 